Yo, what's good? It's Vanessa Maria here, and we're welcoming you back to a, another special edition of the RA Exchange. Today, we are joined by Scream, one of the pioneers of dubstep in the early 2000s. Scream has since then become one of the most respected and versatile names from the world of dance music, headlining festivals worldwide, producing number one records, and releasing underground classics. His passion for collecting and playing music is unrelenting. Disco, house, techno, and everything in between. It runs deep into the core, and he lives it every single day. Still only in his early 30s, Scream has achieved more in the last 15 years than most people may do in a lifetime. Yet his hunger and enthusiasm is akin to a man who is only just getting started. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Scream, what made you smile today? What made me smile today? Well, I've been having photos for the photo shoot today, so I kind of had to smile in some of them. <laughs> I've had quite a stressful, it's been, it's been a long couple of days, I was I literally, I was in Montreal on Friday, no, Chicago Friday, Montreal Saturday, Detroit Sunday, flew home Monday, and then I was up all out with my with my, my boy, my son's not very well, so um, yeah, it's been been a three countries, three days, and then coming back to a, to an ill child. <laughs> how, how do you keep? like awake and just like motivated to keep pushing through after all of that like the schedule is so hectic it's just it's life isn't it yeah. it's like it's not really I've got kids so I need to when I get back I need to be on point so it's um, it's yeah you just got to fight through the tiredness <laughs> you said that you obviously you, you've entered like fatherhood you're still I guess touring like going to different countries and you've been doing it since you were 15 like it's you've you've been in the game like what what does Scream mean to you? Like, who does he, who, who is he and what does he mean to you? The thing is, is it, it, I've, Scream is, that is, that's always been the focus of my life. Like, um, not, uh, wait, I'll, I'll, I'm not saying still now, it still very much is, mm. but life gets, other things come to your life, right? So, Scream to me is, that's, that's the driving force behind a lot of decisions and, and, um, it. The thing is, and this is so bad. And I said this to someone before. They said, "Don't say this to people." But I'm like, "Screamers around before my kids." <laughs> um, so it, it's, it's been more adapt. Like obviously, everyone adapts to parenthood, but it was. It's very much taken a long time to get the balance right because it's it's. I've been non-stop for yeah since I was fifty. Well, it's before really. I was going to forward when I was fourteen. So that was when the first Scream record sort of got played out. So it's, I think, nearly 22 years of Scream. So it's like my other child, do you know what I mean? My first, it's like my, my firstborn, do you know what I mean? <laughs> but it's just Scream is, it's why I never changed my name because it's, it's, it's just me. Scream is me. It's just, mm. It would be harder to ask you about Oliver than it is Scream, do you know what I mean? Mm. So you're more like you're more comfortable with that. That's like it's, it's well, it's just it's just been my life for so long. Like it's literally even like when we if we go back before before um, that music like I, my my name's from graffiti, so I never wanted to be called Scream as an artist. I wanted to be called uh, it was called uh, what was it? It was like a really bad hip hop name, and I didn't. It wasn't even a hip hop DJ. <laughs> it was like Fault Four A U L T. It was such a terrible name. That's not too bad. Like no, that's but it was because it was it was um it was a, it was there was a a, a graf there was a piece in um in I think it was in Wildstyle the famous old Wildstyle graffiti book, and it was called Fault School and it was like some mad graph of like like basically a, a troubled school and it was all like, like gangster and, and 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 stuff and I just remember looking at the fault and it's the, what like the way they'd spelt fault and it really stood out in my head but 
like I said this to people and like no one took any notice and just everyone called me screaming in the area. So that was it. Well, I, I had no choice, yeah. but I, I'm glad I kept it. It's, it always looks good, and, and it's just I, I couldn't imagine life any different. No, it's part of who you are. It's like such a big part of your identity. And something that you said before was how important being an individual was in your childhood mm. and like growing up and mm. um, having like a different sound and bringing something different. And mm. when you just mentioned like parenthood and childhood and like having to balance those things, it's like you have to, like your part of your individuality is almost taken away. Yeah, so yeah, how, yeah, do you, how do you tap back into that and how do you then like tap into who you are as Scream? Um... I think Scream's already set. Like, I managed to... Everybody knows everything about me. Like, I've grown up with everyone. So I think that's already set in stone about who who and what Scream is. And I think I think the individuality stuff, I think it's always been that, that case um, since, since as far back as I can remember. It, there, was a, there was a short period, which we'll probably end up talking about, but... Um, where I didn't feel like Scream anymore, and that was when I was heavily touring the States at sort of the rise of the US dubstep thing and, and, and EDM sort of takeover and, and the real white America sort of takeover on clubs and, and, and just it was, that's the only time I never felt like Scream because I was writing, I was writing like, I was writing stuff that wasn't me. I didn't enjoy it and that was where that whole sort of transitional period, but I don't know, I've just, I've, I've just always tried to stick to my guns really. Um, so, I, just, I couldn't. I don't really know how I tap back into it. It's just there. Like mm. it's more tapping into parenthood and and, and this new like well, it's not new. My son's eleven and, and my daughter's three. Um, so it's just everyday lives to, to being a parent. I guess is what I'm learning now. I don't think everyone does as a parent. It's, it's, it's you. I don't think you ever stop learning. My mum and dad are still learning about me. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. And what does the everyday look like now, as opposed to maybe like ten years ago? When you might have, I'm guessing that being in there, <laughs> 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 uh, working. Yeah, well, I've got a studio in my house, so um, so if I'm not, the the thing is, over the summer season, especially since COVID, where I had to really bear in mind that I was there all the time, mm. and especially my daughter who grew up in um, grew up in lockdown, so so she was just with me and her mum every day. That's weird, like, do you know what I mean? So. I really had to think, it wasn't until, so I was traveling, I didn't do no shows in, in um, I didn't do no like play graves or anything like that. I just, I, cause just anything I do gets jumped on. So I, like, I couldn't even sneak one in. Like, <laughs> like, but the thing is, it was like, very appealing. Like fucking, there was no money, like, no money, nothing, do you know what I mean? So it was, um, I started going to America. Um, I had to, I've always had a visa for America since I was about 18. So then it was when, I went away the first time and come and like my little one was she was just distraught and I got really just kind of separation anxiety to a degree when I got back like if I got out of the car to go to the shop she'd be like want to come with me like and and you don't think about it so it was I try and everyday life like I try and if I've got work to do um like remixes or or mixes or whatever then it gets done but I've, got, I've, I've just really try and balance my time out she's at nursery now my older boy's okay he's fine he's like 11 going on 30 he's like I don't need you like, do you know what I mean he's like he's well too cool for school yeah. but I try and um, if I've got work to do I'll make sure it's in the hours they're not there um, and just just day to day life is I'm, I'll get back maybe Sunday night um, like I leave them depending where I'm going 
but I try not to. I, I try and keep it as normal. So like this weekend, I went Montreal, Chicago, uh, Chicago, Montreal, Detroit, and then so I try and be back by Monday or by like Tuesday morning or whenever I can get back and just try and keep it. Routine's important for kids. Mm. Um, some are, some things can't be helped. Do you know what I mean? It's it's. But I still try and not. The most I'll go away now is two weeks, and that's a that's a push. That would be like. New Zealand or so, like far if I'm in Europe I'm coming back mm-hmm. like I'm dipping like it's, I don't need to be away for that long so I just try and I'm no, I've noticed it more more with my daughter because she, I think it was that growing up through Covid so I just try and keep it as normal as possible like day to day life so I try not to be in the studio and there sometimes I've got to be sometimes there's deadlines and, and you, you, I've got to be up all night um, but yeah I just try and keep day to day life just, just as normal um for someone who doesn't understand what I do. She understands I travel and I go to the airports and I fly, but still, it still doesn't make it any easier for her. You know what I mean? So it's I just, uh, yeah, just day-to-day life is, I guess like anyone else's apart from my weekends are just a bit wild. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's like, I guess as a parent, your your day-to-day will be pretty similar for every parent, right? Yeah, You're yeah, taking yeah. care of your kids. Yeah, yeah, nurseries, nurseries, yeah. school, drop. Well, I don't need, school's behind my, my house, so I've got an easy one there. Um, but yeah, it's just, yeah, I wouldn't say it's any different, any different than anyone else's. <laughs> Even as you're like speaking and like explaining like your day-to-day and just like, an, like a quick overview of like your career, that like change seems to become like a very common like theme, like whether it's mm. like a change in, your direction and like genre, whether it's a change in like how you balance like your work life and your personal life, like how, what has your relationship like been with change, even being a pioneer of dubstep? Um, I'm alright with it. Like if we when with with the the, the the famous change was 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 the dubstep in in into house techno etc. But that was I was smashing that change, and it was only a stupid article in the Sun that fucking looked at. The, the the famous dubstep is dead article which I'd never said like I was in, the mad thing is with that which was that was the change in that that made it so hard because I was it was all going smoothly everyone was aware like my sets were changing my BPMs were changing mid set and whatever and it was I was doing it really well and I was doing it respectfully and 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 whatnot like. And then the stupid article in fucking anything but the sun, do you know what I mean? I think it was the sun, it was something, some stupid fucking shit, crap tabloid. And it was just, I woke up and then, you know, it was, everyone was popping my phone off. And the worst thing with the change there was, was that there were some people that believed that I've known for a very long time and worked very closely with, that believed I said it. I was in the room when I did that interview with Mala, with, um, there was a load of us. We was doing a, we did a, it was called the Road Back to Croydon, a big thing for Red Bull Music Academy. Mm-hmm. They was all there during that interview. No one else heard that. And then, but then the change, well the problem, what happened there was, I was answering the same, I was answering the same question for for, for, for like, for a year. Or like, mate, still now, still now people go, but I thought you said dubstep was dead when I, like I do a, yeah. a t- I'm like, how could I, like, that's in my blood, like that is my creation, like not my soul creation, but it's very much, it's undeniable, like mm-hmm. the me, Benga and, and, and the, the Big Apple lot was, was the catalyst in it. So that change was, was, was um, it, it became really hard because it was, it just conversation, it was just bore, like really mundane and just boring. And some people getting really aggressive, like massively, massively, 
like death threats and, and like like I'd laugh like you'd be like I get messages from America like oh if we see you I'm like who the fuck like I'm like you wouldn't be doing this if it weren't for me to shut up for starters and yeah, I don't mean that in an egotistical way but don't try and like that people were just really I think because it had been really fully blown in the states at that time and and there's people who weren't not necessarily unfamiliar with me but their, their entry point wasn't me their entry point was would, would have been Skrillex or Excision or or that heavier US album so I kind of got it but the, the worst was when there were certain people over here who blamed me for their careers, <laughs> like, because I'd left. And it was like, yo, I'm like, just carry on what you're doing. Like, I don't, we had nothing to do with each other in the first place. Right. So, like, I couldn't do it. Like, it, it wasn't an easy decision, but it was a natural one because I was, it wasn't, it just, it felt right. Like, it, I wasn't writing as much and I wasn't as interested. I was like, what am I playing? Like, and it was never what I'm about. So, like, the changes, everything since everything's been fine there, it's just what I've always been about. Like, I, I, I move, I shift, and that, that's what I've always done. If you ask anyone, like, if you was to ask Bengal, he'd be like, like, I've never expected him to make the same thing forever anyway. Mm. And, like, people who know me well, like, my musical taste are just all over the place. Like, I listen to a lot of stuff people don't listen to. Like, like yeah. my, my, my range is broad, really broad. I've, I've, worked in a record shop all my childhood so like like I'm not and, and I had the biggest second hand record shop behind that shop so like if I wasn't in one working I was in another one sampling like like buying samples do you know what I mean yeah. so it's like I mean it was like changed now like look, I dropped dubstep at Coachella like it's, it, it was just felt right but if something feels right I do it that's the thing so I don't really see it as change I see it as just a natural natural feeling I guess like it's I get excited by things and then I just do it because there's no reason why Why shouldn't I? Do you know what I mean? Why should anyone? If you want to do something, just do it, I guess. And that's hard. It's very easy. You see, it, some people will hear me say that and think, oh, it's he easy for him to say that, but it's not really. It's like, it's just, I've done, I did it. So I think it's like your like mindset and your perspective because I was talking to someone previously and they were, they were talking about being very fearful of like performing, for example, performance anxiety. Um, and a therapist was also on the episode and they said that you need to channel that fear and turn it into excitement. So it's interesting that you said that you were excited mm. about it because I think a lot of people operate from that place of fear, mm. but it seems that you operate from that. It's natural. It's, yeah. na it's, it's like it stems back to, is it, uh, what is it? Fear or fly. Yeah. It stems back to that, like sort of things like do you do it or you don't like yeah. like it's you're, you're gonna think about it forever and i just not enough time to 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 not do what you want it's just like otherwise what you're gonna do with like because you only end up building resentment to yourself if sorry um if you don't how do you find the confidence and the courage to step into that because a lot of people might be listening or like even myself i'm like that like it's sometimes it's hard to find that self belief. Yeah. Have you always have you always just been confident and been no. able to do it? No, no, I really haven't. Like I was, I, I was quite insecure at school. Like I think there's a lot of people. I got like bullied at periods, and then, but then it was just like when I found music, I used to play football and whatever that was like. But I did that because I was a boy, and that's what boys did. Like, do you know what I mean? And like really, like, and it was like it's a, it, it stemmed back to a whole social thing. Really, it's like a way naturally make friends if you've got like common I'd played football when I was at primary school and, and my, my my secondary school team was like the best in the county but then it was intense everyone wanted to be professional a lot of them become professionals but it was I found when I really found music like that feeling and I've spoke about this before but it was it was a track by Sunship featuring featuring Anita Kelsey I think it is Try Me Out it's called and 
I was on the phone to a girl because you had to be on the house phone back in the day, innit? So <laughs> it was, um, and then the call chain, the, the, the kick bit come, like it came in and I was like, what the fuck was that? Like I had this like feeling in my chest and it just, it was that, it was, it was that feeling. It was so it, not necessarily confidence, but it was, it wasn't, I haven't ever been confident, but I know that what I, I want to get the same feeling out of what I do as when I heard that tune. So like, even like in my writing, my like production and stuff over, especially during lockdown, so I really enjoyed lockdown. Mm. Well, to, to, to a degree, yeah. like don't get me wrong, it was very stressful, like not knowing what was going on and, and, and et cetera. But getting back in the studio, I'm really writing and it's that feeling, it's just that's, it's, it's not necessarily confidence, but it's, I know when I play, I, I'm, I'm selfish, but I play for myself. But I think that's what pe my fan base, especially, has become to grown like grown to love. Especially like with the open to close shows and stuff like that. That was they were coming because they wanna they're excited to hear what I'm listening to and what I'm vibing off. So it's not necessarily. I can't say I've, not, I've never been confident. I've, I can be cocky, but that's not not in a musical sense. That's like every other sense. But that's from growing up in pubs, and that's just knowing like I've always been good socially. That was always my thing. I spent a lot of time with my dad when I was younger. Of like, I'd just sit there and just look at, look at the, these and these men and like, like just just watch how people interact with each other. So I couldn't, and I had to pretend to seem confident. But really, there's I've only got as much confidence as really anyone else. Like I still worry things ain't gonna come across right. But nine times out of ten, well, I could say eight times out of ten, when I when I stick to my guns, it works out. So. It's as long as I keep, that's the, what I've always stuck to, to do what I want. And that's what I try, I'm still trying to do, I try and do it all the time. Like, sometimes it don't always work, but I know I did it. Like, do you know what I mean? And I didn't, yeah, I, I know that it didn't work necessarily. Or not that it didn't work, didn't work in the right environment or, or right setting. But I wouldn't say I'm confident, I'd say. It's I'm, courage, it's courageous. Yeah, yeah. like, like it's, it's you can't you there's always the fear in the back of your head especially in this world you can be gone tomorrow mm. so like i'm not I've, if i'm gone tomorrow i want to do as much as i can like without thinking oh maybe i should have done that maybe i did everything i want and i do everything i want not not do it like you know what i mean like musically and and, and career-wise like like all my choices are my own they're, they're i have a manager and, and that's for advice, like almost, you know what I mean? It's like it's still everything comes down to me, what I want to do. So I think it's more that there's, I can't think of decisions that I've made that I've regretted and, and not been happy with the outcome. So until there's been a couple of, couple of choice remixes that maybe I shouldn't have done, but that was, that would have been during periods where I needed work or I need like, do you know what I mean? And I don't want to say, what period because it could it will resonate back to the artist but there are I have done some things for financial gain that they weren't necessarily bad the, the, ultimately ultimately what they they they, they broadened that what like my horizon in a sense well to up to my fan like to the, the artists I've worked with that like people don't from dance don't work with but it's like at the same time I love that so the, but I mean if you was looking at it as people playing the game necessarily yeah. that oh I wouldn't have done that wouldn't have done that yeah. but it's I like doing I like exploring I like, like finding finding as much territory to cover as possible that's courage I think that is definitely courage and it's it's um 
it's not being getting rid of fear, but it's being like intimate with fear. That's yeah. what I read yeah. recently. Like yeah, just yeah, 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 being yeah. comfortable with exactly it. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Just being like it's because everyone is scared of everything, and you just do it like, anyway. Especially now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> everything, anything. It's insane. Like it was why I was so happy that my son went to get the guys to secondary school. He was like he was ready for it, and it was like it was nice to see it. Do you know what I mean? Especially at a time where everyone's very scared about just living in general. Do you know what I mean? That's one thing, I guess, with the evolution of like the music industry as you've seen it from mm. how you started. Um, you've you've obviously seen how things have progressed. Like technology's come in, it's made it exciting. Um, how do you feel about like the use of like social media and like that? That must have been a huge change within. <laughs> <laughs> my dad said to me, "Yeah, when I rem- when face, so I use MySpace, but that was because it oh, was still. Do you still use? No, no, oh, no, 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 still, no, no, no. I mean, like, at the start, oh, yeah, so, so like it was originally for, like forums for me, like the dubstep forum, and before that, dubplate.net, which was that was when I was at school, and that was how I, I could listen to LB promos and, and, and stuff like that because that was the original original run by ammunition run by sarah lockhart and, and, and neil jaloffy who started forward and um but i remember there was forums and i got into dubstep forum well it sort of started whilst we'd already started do you know what i mean it was mm-hmm. like that came later but i liked my space yeah but it was yeah. new it was like fresh yeah. but i remember when facebook came out my dad said this is going to ruin so many lives about facebook and he's going like mm-hmm. because obviously he's old my dad's nearly 70. Mm-hmm. But he was like, this is, he's like, I'm telling you now, he's going, this is going to ruin so many relationships, so many, like, he, it's, and he was, <laughs> he was right. <laughs> yeah, but I, d- I don't, I'm not a big social media fan. Like, I'm really not. And I think it, I use it, I have to use it. It's it's just part of artists nowadays, right? Like, I prefer Twitter, because it's like being in a pub, you throw yeah. whatever about, do you know what I mean? But like, Insta, I don't really like Instagram. Don't like it, I don't like the effect it's had on everyone, really. Because it, it's anxiety, that's what's built anxiety up so many people where you're not allowed to have, you're not allowed to show that you're having a bad day. You know? yeah. Well, people do post things about bad days, but you know what I mean? The majority of it is, look how great I am, look how great my life is. And I notice it more. And the reason why I really, really don't like it now, I'm not sh- my son, like, my, my son asked, my, my, I see my son looking on Instagram and he asked me if he was fat and he's, he was like 10. And you're like, yeah. no, 11, 11, 11 when he said it, because wasn't, cause I didn't let him have it, so I have a phone until he was 11, but he, um, you're like, I was like, you're a kid, I'm like, you're a child, and, I like, um, and maybe some people might say that he shouldn't be on there, but it's, how can you tell, when everyone's on their phones all the time, why can I say to him, he can't have a phone, like, and, and whatever, because it's just a way of life now, but I don't really like, I don't really like social media, like in general, I just, it's, it makes people so sad. Like it really makes people happy. Like you might just get funny videos and whatever, but I mean, just in general, from a personal perspective of of, of looking at, at my peers and uh, like so, my my missus works in the like beauty industry, and and just you see, it becomes very dominant, dominant in your life, and and just dominant about how you feel about yourself and stuff like that. And I just don't really, I just don't, I'm not really keen on it. And it's especially the music world, you get like, everything becomes about stats. Yeah. And then if you're not getting them stats, are you that good? Are you as good as that person who's getting loads of stats? When really it's all a load of nonsense. Like there's so many more words I'd use, but I'm just gonna be that nice now. But it's, I just, I just don't really like it. Like it's, cause it's done it to me. It does it to me, you can't not help like, because you follow people, you, you follow people naturally in music that you know or whatever. And, and you like, you think, 
well, why ain't I getting that like yeah. thing? And then it's all down to really, it's not down to you, down to algorithms, which I'm not. I don't. I don't really hold a, a place to be able to get into to to say how it works and whatever. Everyone will know a lot more than me because I don't really delve that much into my management. Use it more than me, mm-hmm. like especially my Insta. I post. My post are always the studio ones <laughs> when I'm like at like three in the morning when it's just a picture of my speaker, which has become the famous picture of my speaker. But um, yeah, I, I'm not keen. I'm not keen. And then, uh, but I think that is definitely more. There's definitely more to do since since becoming a parent. I think it's also like the comparison aspect of it because I guess you didn't back when you started it. You weren't seeing how everyone was getting bookings or blah blah. blah there wasn't it. Listen, it, it, was, yeah. it was always. <laughs> I'm telling you now, right? EZ. I am um, like so obviously I've worked at Big Apple Records and it was like garbage, mainly garbage, and um, like so we like that was my forum, that record drop. Yeah. That was the thing. I've, I had I was speaking with people of all ages, all colours, like just all the time, and I remember in Easy got a thousand pound for a gig, and I was going no, no chance. Didn't believe the person who told me. I was like nah, no way. Yeah. But like social media though, you could tell how much people's money's getting like do you know what I mean but it was like it was a different time and it was it was a very much nicer time in the sense of social actual social right so there was a lot more conversation there was a lot more fun like it wasn't it wasn't I don't want to sound like that guy but it wasn't all on the screen like he was actually living it like rather than that you could go out have a good night and not have to look at someone who had a better night than you yeah do you know what I mean? You just like you enjoyed that night, and that was still to this day. It's like I might think I have a good gig, then I'll see someone who's played to hundred thousand people, and it's like all right, and it takes it away from like without you can't help it. Yeah, you can remember you had a good night, be like there's still that bit, oh, but it could have been better, and, and everything can always be better, but you still it takes that. Takes like the thing out of you a bit. Do you know what I mean? You're like the gratitude oh. as well. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Just like I don't know. Oh, I've got my like I get no, get because yeah. I'm I've, like I worry that I don't word things right. Cause you've got to word no, everything. I think you've you have to it. word everything right now, yeah. right? But um, but yeah. No, it makes complete sense. Like I think everyone will be able to relate to that. Like I definitely do. I think comparison is the thief of joy, and like that is exactly what well, Instagram's targeting. So you get, it depending, especially depending on your social like situation, it's like, like, not social situation, like actually like, like life, yeah, well, social, but like, say you get a present that you think on your birthday, that you're like, you're really like happy with, but then you're looking at someone who's just got Ferrari for their birthday, like you're like, yeah. mm. like, like, do you know what I mean? It's like a similar thing, it's probably not the greatest example, but I mean, like, especially for youngers, like who, who that is their life. Like, they only know social media. Like, they don't know before. Mum and dad still don't get it now. Like, like my mum has Instagram, but she's still like, she's like, but she's still not. My dad don't have none of it. Like, I usually, he liked Twitter for a bit, but he's like, he just, he'd just follow me and see if anyone said anything bad, he'd get involved. I'm like, dad, you can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> please, yeah. please stop. But um, you, you spoke about EZ and record shops and just, that sense of like community, yeah, I guess yeah, yeah. that that's where it was coming out. And that was the best. I, I, I cried when the big apple shop I cried. Yeah, I was, I, 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 it still makes me go now. Because it's, it's it feels like that's what music music is there to connect. Like we're connecting with one another. Yeah, hundred like, percent. And that's that. It feels like when you were talking the, about the time without the social media, that it was easier than to connect through like real yeah, life. Yeah, but it was like it yeah. was it was the. It was a different pe- kind of people that I'd be speaking, especially in a record shop. I think anyone who's worked in a record shop will be able to relate to this, but 
depending on the time of day, so around 12, you'd get your business man, business boys on lunch. Oh, okay, So you'd yeah. be talking to people. Like, I was a kid. Like, I, was, I was meant to be at school, do you know what I mean? So yeah. it was like, I'm talking to businessmen. Then I'm speaking to, like, ghetto kids. Yeah, then yeah. I'm speaking to, like, just boys who worked on the market. And, like, it was just that. It was... It, I, it, I was always pretty good at talking anyway, just from being by my dad and being in pubs and whatever. As a kid, like, you know, you go to pubs or whatever. And then um, it it just enhanced everything because it was like, I loved it and it was people you had the connection with mm. because no matter what, you're all in that shop for the same reason. It almost feels like a youth centre. I, listen, <laughs> I weren't, yeah, no, it was exactly yeah. that, but for all ages. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, look, I only got put behind that counter because I was there all the time and they literally said if you're just going to hang about get behind the till <laughs> so it was like if anyone ever thinks there was some like some nice intro it weren't it was because I was just hanging around <laughs> they said just get behind the counter so the gift of the gab it, 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 social skills it was they weren't it was like I really enjoyed it and it was like it was the first time especially when I was well, then it was like the first time where I felt like I had stuff fully in common with people like rather than just Going along with life, like going along with being at school and going along with playing football, going along with the rest of it. Like no one in my school, there was one DJ who, like, he, like we didn't even talk to each other, we didn't know each other. And I only found that out later on in, in school time. But he didn't, he's like the counter or something, I think. Like, but it was, so it was when I really loved it, and I still do really love it, and it was that bit where majority of them people would have been in the record shop, like I mean the punt, like the buyers, like, like the, the customers, Probably all gave it up ages ago, but it was still at the time like you all had something in common and it was nice. You'd all have beers on a Friday night. Mm. I, I, probably I wasn't meant to be having a beer, but you know. Um, but like um, it just, it was just, it was just nice. And when it got when it got taken away, I was devoured. I was proper devastated. It was like cause it was horrible, but it had to. It was just that time where everything was changing and it was becoming just it was becoming unviable for the for the owner. You mentioned that you still love like DJing and playing mm. live, like. Does has has it ever become um, more work, or has it has has it felt no. like no, 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 never. You know, like and I swear that I promise that. Like, there's some like you could missing shows is is a, is a fucking gutter. Like that proper does me in when I miss when I like if I can't make a show. But generally, I like nightlife. Like everyone, look, everyone knows I'm I'm a lively character. Let's say <laughs> it's always been it's been well documented over the years since I was a kid. But like I like the party, like I like being out, I like playing tunes, I like making people dance, I like people people having it. Sometimes even if even if a gig's dead, still like then I you just look at that as wow, I can really experiment tonight. Mm. And sometimes you end up having some of your best, like your more enjoyable sets in the really quiet ones because. Mm. Them people are there, they stay there all night and you can literally take them where you want. Like, and I like, I like that idea of, like, I played in, it was an amazing gig, actually. I played at uh, Stereo in, in Montreal and it was, and I was meant to play for seven hours, I ended up playing for nine. And then it was the last two hours, it was just like me and 20 people. But it was people from all, it was all walks of life. And I was, I said, this is exactly what it's about. Yeah. And it was just a snapshot of all, all different corners of life. And it was, um, it was it was like yeah I don't really have a bad day at work I really like it and and where I've been I have been doing this for a while um, and I know people most places I go because it's it's very rare I go to a city for the first time now so it's like I've got friends mm. for like the, there's some some places especially like 
basically in LA, I've got friends now. I've been my friends for like nearly 20 years, you know. Well, not well, maybe just off, but like near enough. Mm. So it's I like, they all come out. So it's like, ev- I have a good night most nights, really. It's connecting. Again, it's like you form like your global yeah, network. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know I could go majority of places in the world and be able to link up with someone. That that's I know. Pr- that's no, pretty. No, that's, impr- that's impressive. But that I know, not yeah. just like Personal, sending out yeah. a message going, "Oh, do you want to meet up?" You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not, not talking Tinder out here, but like, like I have, and I have, I stayed in contact, and in, in, that is that for, it is that thing of, I love that side of life. Like it's part. I travel. I was lucky enough. So I travelled quite a bit as a kid, and I've always liked flying, and I've always liked seeing the world, and and I like, I just like it. I like what I've done, and it's it's. Maybe that's where the infectiousness comes from, like because mm. there was people do say oh, there's an infectiousness with just the screen, whole screen thing. But it's I just I wouldn't do it if I didn't enjoy it. Like I, I don't, I wouldn't be able to because I wouldn't be able to write. I wouldn't be able to mm. give it me all. And like, look, I, yeah, I still love it. <laughs> the short answer, <laughs> yeah, I still love it, yeah. <laughs> Scream! You once said in an interview that you're not a bad influence. You're an influence that makes people go bad. Yeah. What makes you make good music? What makes me make good mm. music? Um, it's doing what I want to do. I actually get, I've got to the point where I can get most things out, like ideas from my head to the computer now, which is, which is, I think, I don't think you can really start and like, it takes a long time to get there. But as long as, look, it's all subjective, right? Music. So, but what I, I, if the song gives me a feeling, the feeling that I get from songs that I really like, then that's where I'm like, yeah. And that's when I'll finish and continue or, but I have to get to the point where I'm like, I've been listening to this for thousands of on this thousandth loop and I'm like, it keeps getting better in my head. Like I've got a record with Trim. Um, I would like, I've just been working on, I'm like, Screamism series. So I'm doing Screamism 8, for like, it's my first one in about 10 years, I think. Mm-hmm. I had a dubstep one and I scrapped it. Because it weren't, yeah. no, nah, because it wasn't sounding like I was trying to make old records. And realistically, the Screamism, Screamism series was always a snapshot of what I was doing during periods because I used to write so much. So we'd put out a full, like, like eight tracks. And then I did this dubstep one and I did it for the Royal Albert Hall um, show I did for Fabric. And then I did another stream for Hatcher where the, the Royal Albert Hall one was, it was kind of dubstepish, but it weren't, it was still. It was just loads of stuff I was writing at the time. But they wanted it to be a kind of dubstep-esque kind of thing, but I didn't want to play classics. So I made I made a, like a brand new set of tunes in like two months. I did like 40 tunes. And then for the Hatcher one, I thought, oh, well, I've played most of these. So I did another load. And then like they're good tunes, but they're not as good as a lot of the stuff that's around. And they're not as good as stuff as my old stuff. So I scrapped them, much to my manager's. <laughs> Okay, when he thought I'd, I'd finished it and then said, no, nope, I'm scrapping it. <laughs> um, which, yeah, put a bit of a spanner in work. But, yeah, just all this stuff, the stuff on the new, like this trim record I've done, sorry, that's what I was talking about. Yeah. I listen to it about four times a day and it gets better every time. And it gives me that, like, I want to vibe, like, a proper while out. And then it's just that. Like, I have to listen to it repeatedly and if it ever gets boring and I have to, I have to go, no. So it's just it's just getting that feeling that I get from the song music I listen to, mm. and that's that's and I, I guess again I, well not again I haven't said it yet, <laughs> but it goes it, it's always a thing of your ear. Not everyone's got the same ear, so I was oh, I can't remember who I was talking to I was talking to an artist, 
where was that? I think it was over the weekend. It was in, oh no, there's some kids after the Montreal show. They were going like, what do you, like, what advice can you give? And I just said, make the music that you like and, and not like, it doesn't have to be the same music you listen to, but it's that, it's just that feeling. Like, look, I get the same record, feeling from records that I get from, from Isley Brothers, this old heart man. But it's just that thing, it's just a vibe and, and, and whatever. And like, I guess I can't really answer how to make good music, but I know how to make music that I enjoy and that I want to present. It has to give me a certain feeling or it's not leaving the studio. <laughs> and what is the creative process that you spoke about? You said that it took a long time for you to get the ideas from your head down. It's just it's like it's just been able to hear it and get <laughs> it you, out because yeah. like you can hear it. Like it's just technology has, has made things like that easier. So you like if I've got like a melody idea, I use there's a um, is it vocal doubler? It's like a MIDI microphone that you can sing ideas and it brings it up in MIDI. Mm. So if I've got a, like I can I can get the stuff I'm hearing onto there. But I jam out a lot as well. Always jam. Just turn the machines on and just just to muck about. But and still, there's, there's still, I can hear something once, like, it's just how the process makes music, I get music, I guess, but it's just, I've got to the point where I know what I'm going to do, like, I'll know, I can hear mm. what I want to happen next and make it happen, rather than mm. going, oh, saying, I need something, but I'm not sure, like, mm. whether it be getting in, getting in a, a keyboard disc or whatever, like, it's like, you, they did. The, the ideas trigger quicker mm-hmm. and I can get I know what that is what that trigger is where I'm going I can see it it's <laughs> clear, do you know what yeah. I mean like, and it's a lot just clearer but that's just over time that's just over that's just doing the same thing for a long time it's like it's just getting better at your craft I guess or your job this summer you released a three track EP the attention deficit EP. Do you know what? I was just about to say which one. <laughs> genuinely, genuinely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, on Circular Records. Yeah. How do you select, like, who you collaborate with? I'd like them to laugh, do you know what I mean? So it's, I don't like, I've been in some studio sessions over time with people who are, like, mates. And it's just not, it should just be like a bit of a long process, like falling asleep in the studio with people before. Like, not on purpose, like, yeah. but you just doze off and you're like, I think I'd better go, like. But it's, I don't know, there's just a, just that comes down to vibe again. You'll hear me say it a lot. Just, but it's just vibe, yeah. It's just yeah. sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't have to work, and it doesn't. That doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing. Nothing, not everything, always works. But I just like I'm always open for collabs because I, I always loved remixes. Mm-hmm. So like obviously early part of my career, like the the remix, the remix, like Klaxon. Mm-hmm. Um, I did Klaxon's remix that some a lot of people don't know about, but like. Kalis stuff for Kalis, and then I'd put you some Miles Kane. Like I like, I like, I like, I like always like working with vocals. That was why I used to like doing the remixes. And early part of dubstep, that, that was unheard of. Mm-hmm. It was like oh, and like the Claxons when I did, I contact the label and said, look, can I get the parts for this? It never came out officially. I don't think so. It was, it's class as more of a bootleg. But I had the stems. They sent me the stems because the Claxons were big fans, and I was big fans of them and okay. and, and stuff like that. But so that was there's always been a I like working on other people's songs because there's saint there and you can really but like i love doing remixes because especially if i get writer's block because you've got you've got some starting point there and i rarely use any of the backing track i'll only use the, the vocal but mm. i can hear saying can it, it just just goes like i like it because i can turn it into my own 
that's what that's the main reason I've always liked doing remixes, like the Larue remix, for for example. Was, I'll never hear the end of it, but like, it's still, like it just always pops up every now and again. Like, but it was that backing track was already made. I'd already made the backing track. I didn't make it with that vocal, and then I stuck. I got the vocal from from the label because she hadn't actually released a single at this point, and I just put that, and it worked. And then from there, I was like, that was my backing track. So then it got me more into like the idea of working with artists and stuff like that. I had done, obviously I did the, the first Scream album where I had Warrior Queen and stuff like that, but working with MCs is a bit different than than doing songs, you know. And I like, I really like working on songs. I love pop music, like I always have done since oh, I was a kid. Yeah, yeah, I love yeah. pop music. Like, well, it's, a, it's sort of a different definition now because it's, it's a lot more like pop is, pop can be drill or like, like, or like, like just anything that's on the radio, whereas before it was pop band based stuff it won't be the dance thing like mm. you know what I mean I liked I like take that I like T17 I like yeah, like yeah. Didn't, didn't really <laughs> like steps but you know what I mean like I like I like a good pop song but mm. when you look at the background a lot of them whole pop songs there's about 50 million people involved still the same like if you look at Beyonce record or you look at Drake records there's a lot of people involved and I like I kind of like that because they're, they're the best people working on them records so they're gonna be good you know if you go back to the old like disco records years ago there's there's so many people involved so I like to be one of them people involved in songs I don't do as much as I probably could because I've become very 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 much devoted to just scream again <laughs> but but yeah I do like I've done some writing classes and stuff for like what I went to one looks like Rihanna writing class and I did a couple of them I didn't get no, I didn't get no credits or features but it's 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 nice just being in an environment and just just it's almost like you're remixing when you're working with other people because they're doing their bit and you're doing your bit so it's like yeah. you're remixing their idea there not necessarily remixing it but you know what I mean it's just a collaborative Sounds, collaborative yeah. process and everyone's like chipping in together yeah yeah it's yeah. great and you mentioned the vocals I know you have a new track coming out in October um, called World Is Empty yeah with vocals from Supreme yes is that right yeah well yeah it, yeah 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 it's, it's they're Dynamos and the Supremes yeah and it was so originally the track was i'd got the acapella and i'd had these chords under it i literally sat on these chords for about two and a bit years and i just couldn't i couldn't i've done the dubstep version i did a techno <laughs> version i did a house version and i just weren't i couldn't like it just i weren't nailing it weren't nailing it and then i we when i was in one of the, the jensen sessions we was doing because uh, it's with Jansen's, it's me and Jansen's the track. Um, I'm not sure when this comes out, so I don't know if I can say who it's coming with yet. I think it's coming out when the song comes out, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's coming out and with the, it continues the relationship between myself, Circa Loco and Roxler. Um, but yeah, the track, it I had it there and like the chords and everything was there. Like I just couldn't get it. And then one of the days I just said, listen, I've got this thing. And I was, and I was like, I was like, I'm going to bring it, I'm going to bring it. Because I don't normally like... I'd done so much work on it, like the like cold wise, and it was like I had it there, but I just weren't nailing. I weren't getting that. <laughs> I couldn't figure out. And then we literally just—I got to Jansen's studio, and he was like, "He's like, this is sick." Then we just literally turned the eight hundred eight on, and it went boom, <laughs> and we just had it. It just worked, and it's like it's kind of like Miami's eighties electro, but then like, we put the bass notes in, and we added added a bit more, and it was just done. It was like, but it was that that collaborative thing there, yeah. like it was sometimes it takes just another room someone else's studio mm. where i'm just being in your own because i was like 
there was like World is Empty version 62 and oh it no. was just like and <laughs> no it way. really bugs me like it really irritates me do you know what I mean I can't no, I couldn't nail it myself but yeah it's uh, it's become we've been playing it for a minute so it was when we did it so we've we've done it when when you could start going out again during lockdown like one of the times one of the fucking like I can't remember which particular the one. But down, like that one, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then I did it, and we just nailed it. And it's taken a minute playing it out because it doesn't sound like what everyone else is playing. But after like a bit, like a year and a bit, well, I played it at Riverside in Glasgow, but I'd played it before then. So it's been about it's been about in my sets for about a year. But now it's become like one of the most ideed indeed tracks over the weekend at the festival oh. so no one's got it yeah, no one's got yeah. it other than me and, and Jensen so it's become sort of a staple in my sets and now people are like really waiting to hear it and it's it's good it's good you know it's, it's nice nice to have that process of a long time to get a record ready and then, then it'd be that was the thing why I was saying I like lockdown because you had time to spend I was writing so much it was like mad you mean like 220 tracks right? 400 400 right, that was two, there was about 200 by December of the first lockdown oh. and then it was it was, it was only Scott manager who said to me he was like mate you've got there's about four about 410 or 415 songs there we're still releasing stuff from 2019 <laughs> attention deficit was made in before lockdown before covid oh my gosh yeah, yeah that's what i'm saying it was i played it i played it at, uh, um ants at ushuaia um yeah so that was before that was before the covid even come how do you select what well, that one was just an undeniable banger. Attention deficit was just it was the yeah. biggest. It's been the biggest tune about for 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 uh, for more than a minute. So just things like that sort of it's demanding it themselves. But generally, I so like I started. I feel the label. Yeah. I feel and that was that was an outlet for me. So no one picked them tunes. That was me picking them. Mm. So it's like if there's one that's been more successful in. Um, like my club sets, I'll have that, but then I'll counteract it with something mm. that isn't club focused. Oh no, it's club focused. Everything dance music is club focused in general, right? Mm. Um, didn't get into ambient. Like <laughs> a lot of people got into ambient during lockdown, didn't they? <laughs> um, but um, just I'll try and if something's more of a club banger, I'll put something that I think's like a better production or better, like more intricate in a sense, maybe a melodic sense, or maybe just something to counteract it, so it's not just two bangers. Because I think there's more than enough bangers out there. Like, do you know what I mean? And I, I prefer, I prefer melodic musical stuff. Like I, I always have done. Like making it, you can go back through, through my catalogue for years. Even like the first Scream album was, it was a lot more melodic than a lot that was out there. Do you know what I mean? What is it about the melody, then the feeling that you get? When from? I was younger. <laughs> I used to smoke weed, right? <laughs> this is true. This yeah, is true, true. Yeah. And I thought everyone got this. I used to get is it Sim Seizure. Oh yeah. Where the... you see stuff as colours, yeah. Yeah. And this, uh, I it was only when I stopped smoking. I stopped smoking when I was about twenty-two, and it stopped. Right. And it was weird because, and it was just I I become obsessed with arpeggiators. Um, in if anyone knows it's Fruity Loops or FL Studio. There's a built-in arpeggiator in in the in the sampler, and that that was where the melody for Midnight Request Lane come from. It was just me holding a note again, and that was people. Loads of people have always said, like, said I, I nicked it from nicked it from a uh, Catch Me If You Can, and oh. like it's no, no, but it's very similar. But I swear to you, I did it. Like I've, I hadn't even seen the film, but it was like I'll show you. Like it's literally just two note, two like two presses of two keys, 
but it was I used to see them as like that. Them them arpeggiators were were like green on the outside with like uh, almost like fire Mario Kart, uh, Mario fireballs in the middle on the arps. So I just it just was just a thing then. I just used to really like melodies, and I guess <laughs> because of that. But then it's just there's. Don't get me wrong. Some of my favourite club records are just beats and bass and whatnot. But you always need a good lead line, or like I like melodies. I just, I just, I just like it. Like I'm not even, I'm not classically trained or nothing. I just, I can, again, I could manage to get stuff where my ear thinks it should be. Like back then, everything was trial and error. Mm. That and that was ba- that was me learning basic, um, basic chords, major, minor, because I was at college for a bit, and then it was just things like that. So you just just explore, I guess. I've just always liked. It. I used to, I used to do my my melodies like count. When I did calls, I used to just count the the, the empty notes between the ones you played, and that was how I used to do it. So oh, like, really? a minor okay. would be two, yeah. so one with two between them three. Because I didn't know I can't play. I, can't, I still can't play keyboard. I do basic like, oh, okay. like, but I still can't play. Mm. My mum and dad wanted me to have piano lessons when I was a kid, and it was just not cool. Right, like when you love it, you're like trying to get names yourself. And they was like, yeah, we to do piano for that extracurricular sort of thing. And to a degree, right, there's like a win lose sort of thing, double edged sword. Sorry, let's say one is I wish that did because I'd have the the understanding. But then at the same time, if I would have, there would have been a lot of records I didn't make because some things were out of key naturally. And out yeah. of tune, and I would have, but I would have been able to hear that more at the time, which wouldn't have made things, especially the younger year records, like when I was fourteen, fifteen. The, when I listen back, I oh, that's a bit out. But at the time, it was like it was, it just worked. Do you know what I mean? So it's a mm. double-edged sword, and everyone can still say it's, it's never too late to learn. But life gets in the way. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? And you've got a way of doing it. Yeah, you have a method. Yeah. What's one song that you wish you produced? Oh fucking hell. Um. I'm trying. I'm trying to think of like. A, there's millions. There's millions. Mm. Um, this old heart of mine by the Isley Brothers is one. Like I absolutely love it. But there's been some current ones where you go. Yeah, I would have liked to have done that. Like, or not necessarily that, but it's like it's all elements that you would have, like you would have come up with that. Like, mm. do you know what I mean? Not come up with it because that takes away from 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 any artist. But I'll just go with that because I can't think of. Any current ones? There has been current ones at me. I'm like, but or it remind me of like, things that remind me of stuff that I've done at periods or what. And you're like, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, maybe I'll do something like that again. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because it reminds you of, reminds you of like, I've made a lot of tunes over time, so you forget. But it, um, I'll go with this old heart, man. Oh no, do you know oh, what? You're like, nah. <laughs> at no, uh, do I want to know Arctic Monkeys? Oh really? I love, I actually love Absolute that song. Absolute belter. Yeah. It's like it's just it's perfect, isn't it? And it's like. That is actually a genius. It's got, but it's got almost like a dance approach to it in the sense yeah. of where it's stripped back. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, there's a, there's a lot of rock influences. Very sort of um, not white stripes. Who um, I forget their names, but it's yeah, it's got that. James Falls involved in a lot of the Arctic Monkey stuff, so it's, it's not not surprising. But but yeah, that one's a belt on. I was like, it's one of them. You're like, fucking hell, I made this. That's your sh- that's like your shower tune, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's been you played in a lot of after parties. Oh, mm. I can imagine. Um, where where are we at now? Like we've looked like at the past, we've looked at the present. Um, where are you sort of thinking that you you want to head? Maybe with like I feel the label with 
scream with balance balancing life Every, honestly do you know what right? <laughs> everything at the moment is just doing what i want yeah. so i could the only way i could i can't really answer that because that's day that's a day by day thing yeah. but then like so the scream is a mate which will come out after the world is empty i think um so that's gonna be that will be the most scream well actually no no not the most scream thing but the most could be a body of work it's gonna be like eight tunes but that's like that ranges between about about one thirty to about one three eight, and it's very much it's very scream in a sense of there's a lot of mangled sounds. There's a lot of like garage drums with rave synths, and 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 that's not nothing new at the moment. But it's something like I mean new in a sense of like everyone's been experimenting over over through lockdown and stuff. But I've really found myself really doing what I used to do, like mashing sounds and like. Minimal drums like like Ricardo Lobo style drums, but with like massive pop synths over. Like I just I like doing that. Like fucking look, look at dubstep. That was kind of, we all did that. That was how that sort of started. You know what I mean? But it was I'm just literally doing what I want. Like so, there's a trim record. There's a track record with Baklava on, which is and then there's some like super emo garagey shit that doesn't sound like burial. <laughs> anytime, no, no, because anytime it's like an emo garage, it sounds like burial, but it's not. Um, and just, it's really, everything I'm doing now is really incorporating everything I've ever been involved in musically. Like, it's, there's 140, there's dubstep records. Like, I've got, but I don't want to just make a dubstep record that's cast as a dubstep record because it was never that. Do you know what I mean? It was. We never called it, well, someone called it that, I don't know, still to this day, I don't know whoever called it that, but it, um, just, I just want to just do, just follow my head and follow my ear and, and just, because the stuff I'm writing, like for this Screamers and Ape thing is some of the best stuff I've written. It's like, it's contemporary, but it doesn't take away from it being good, or I think it's good anyway. Like it's stuff I'm listening to on repeat a lot, and that's that thing again where it's, the, the songs that are there are ready. I think I need one more. I think I need a club banger on it because the rest are a bit like they all go in the club, but they're all very much like the trim record actually is a club banger. It's really good. It's like incorporating UK funky and Afro and, and grime, grime oh, massively. Yeah, yeah. So I've got I've got a cool Triton, which all them old Esky records, like all the old Wiley stuff was made on. So. It's like very much them sort of melodies, and Sick. but with like UK funky drums and then like grand bass line and then trim over the top. It's mm. it's it's been yeah, it's a good one. It's a good one. Sick. No, that's your club banger. That's the one for TikTok. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hundred percent, hundred percent. TikTok dancing. Right, I I said to Trim and he was like, <laughs> I said to him about a video the other day and he's like. Well, bruv, I thought you just wanted to get a dance troupe. And I was like, that's not what I said. <laughs> I said to him, I said, I didn't say that. I said, I could see something in my head where, like, a, a dance crew. Yeah. But, like, I can see this dance, but I need to, like, I don't know, I need to, like, explain it to someone. Because it's like, I'm not a dancer. Oh, <laughs> you need to get a dancer on board. But it's like, he, what are they called? The Jabberwockies. Oh, Remember the, the Jabberwockies, Jabberwockies. yeah. Like, the, man, America, so saying yeah. that that way, it looks like, looks like they're moving, but they're not. But it's like, like it's man, there's like, yeah, I could, like, like, there's probably better ones now. Jabberwockies way with like the original one, MTV like dance the winners, but, yeah. but like saying like that, but I don't know, I just want to, artistically, I feel like I've got to the point where I can do what I want musically and it's accepted. Not necessarily saying accepted, 
that everyone's gonna like it. Yeah. But I mean, I think I don't think people expect me to do to do to to be particularly safe. Um, or I don't think they they expect that from me. They don't want to expect the same, say the same thing as BB's doing or Jamie or 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 even like any from any genre. I think they look at me for a screen record. I guess, and I think that's sometimes where. Maybe sometimes I've done stuff a bit safe, like some of the remixes I've done, which like big eighties sort of sounding. But at the same time, it was this. I'm into that sound, so I think as I think as long as I present something people can tell I'm really into, then I think I think they'll be happy. They're fine because I, people can tell when you're not into something. Do you know what I mean? And and people do put stuff out that they're not into, but. Yeah, I just think it's just just the future. I, I can't tell you where it's gonna go because I w- I couldn't have told you, I couldn't have told you all that time ago that I would I would have stopped making dubstep at one point. I'm making dubstep again, like like, but it's just it just like the stuff that I'm doing. It just seems too safe. It just doesn't feel like visionary. Mm-hmm. Like I was looked at for a while as like fucking being like looked at as a vision media. You know what I mean? So it's that. Just do what's coming out of my head into the speed, into the computer or into the into the simp. So, so it's like, hopefully, I'll end up coming up with something. I was working on this, this esky techno for a while. Esky like, techno. Yeah, it was like big pounding techno drums with like mad like esky like old Danny Weed and then Wiley sort of simp top oh, lines, really? and it just it weren't translating. I was sending it to people going, "What do you think of this again?" It's just fucking weird. <laughs> But then now, yeah. I've heard I've heard about three or four records out there like it, and I'm like, like I miss miss my boat. <laughs> Told you, <laughs> yeah, yeah, miss my boat. But but just just want to be like as creative as I can be, and, and just just do the tagline at the moment is it just everything is just I want to do what I want. I see, and yeah. Like especially, I play a bit. I'm very lucky to be able to play the various part, like various parties I do. Like I play Circle Local and I play Paradise. Then I do the screamers and parties. Like like we've got coming with with like with Party Boy and, and DJ Bone and 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 I have to I have to remember. Oh, and I've got a, like ADE which might have passed by the time this comes out. But it that's like I got me Code Nine Prosper Sherelle. Like it's just proper big lineups and not many people can do that. And that's the bit where I'm like, I'm very, very lucky to be able to to merge between these worlds and it be okay. That's the thing. So some people be like, oh, like that doesn't make sense or this doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it's incorporating everything I've learned in the last 20 odd years mm-hmm. into what I do. So it, to me, it makes sense. And I think to a lot of people it makes sense, but there are some people who maybe only have ever seen me play at Circle Loco or only ever seen me play at Paradise or you know like like maybe more to like tech house parties it'll be like oh that's weird <laughs> but that that'll just purely because they don't actually really know who i am <laughs> i'm i'm glad that you found like the freedom to explore and, and you're you're accepted in that that's it sounds nice like it's it, like, yeah. it, it's it should have always been that way in yeah. a sense like but it's just not and it doesn't it's not that easy and that's why i'm very, i'll always say i'm very lucky to be able to move like that and so i say i'm lucky at the same time but then it is something I've always strived towards, so maybe it's lucky or maybe it's just sticking to guns or Fake. not sticking to guns, sticking <laughs> to my guns. You know I mean? Sticking to guns. They're just fret going around threatening everyone, yeah. No, it's it's meant it's meant to be and maybe like you wouldn't have appreciated it as much if it was there from the beginning. Yeah, no, not at all. And it's it's now is having having freedom. 
like some of these screams, screams and lineups we're putting together and some of the stuff in the pipeline is just I don't know anyone else who can get away with it yeah. or Goldie Goldie might be the only person who can get away yeah, with it maybe and, <laughs> and I was with McGlaston he called me the king of reinvention and I'll, I'll take that I'll take that to the grave <laughs> Listen, thank you so much thank for you. talking to us, the king of reinvention. Listen, I'm looking forward to <laughs> seeing the dance. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll just do the it. Gym. Yeah, I will see you on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> make, make sure you follow Scream on TikTok. <laughs> um, thank you for having us. This has been the RA Exchange. <laughs>